Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're in the state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in Matisha and Brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. We'll pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned. How's it going? I mean, I was traveling all day yesterday. I know, you really were. I was so tired. I was like more tired than I've been in a while for some reason. But I, so I flew out of San Diego yesterday. I was supposed to fly out at four. My flight was delayed and I got to the airport like two and a half hours early because I just had nothing to do. So I was like, well, better, better early than late. So I got there early. The airport was freaking packed. And San, have you ever flown out of San Diego? It's tiny. No, I haven't. I just feel like flying now is the worst experience between people that don't want to wear masks and fist fights. And like, it's just like tense. I hate it. Yeah, it's been crazy. And just everybody, it's just so busy. I was talking to Olivia this morning because she had a horrible travel day yesterday. So Olivia, because she used to work for Delta, she flies, they call it a non-rev. So basically she flies standby everywhere she goes and doesn't have to pay for it because she's got all the flight benefits from working for Delta. But because of that, you're not guaranteed a seat. So her travel is always kind of a nightmare. But honestly, before it's never been that big of a deal because flights haven't been this packed. But I'm telling you right now, like every flight is is booked, every seat is taken, everything's oversold. Like the planes are filled to the brim. And yesterday she had such a hard time getting back to New York from Las Vegas and said that she, you know, had a layover in Atlanta. And she, like me, has the Platinum Amex card, which the big perk to that card is that you get access to all of the airport lounges and all the airports. So when you travel a lot, it's it's really nice to have somewhere to go chill, charge your phone, grab some food, whatever. Okay, well, apparently they have all these new rules in place. Would not let her in because they said you um, the maximum time you're allowed to enter the club is three hours before your flight. And she had like a six-hour layover. So they made her wait like three hours to even get into the club. So That's she was like, the most so ridiculous thing I've ridiculous. ever heard. She was like, but I went and got, you know, went to a bar and then came back and said that literally when I showed back up and gave him my boarding pass, she was like, oh, you have two more minutes until your three hour mark. So you're going to need to stand in the lobby for two minutes and made her stand there before that three hour mark. And she said she was livid. Are you for real? <laughs> she was like, I'm canceling the card. And I was like, honestly, I might cancel mine too, because that's the whole reason to have it is like, uh, like sometimes no. when I go to London, you know, I have those nine hour layovers. Could you imagine if I couldn't go in the club until three hours before the flight? What's the freaking point? That is ridiculous. First of all, I, I don't even remember the last time I went into one of those places. I always kind of forget about it. And I feel like anytime I try to go in, there's always an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I never understand, but I'm always demoted for some reason. <laughs> they're always like, mm, nope, sorry. I'm, they're always like, um, this isn't the right card or for, there's some reason. There's a reason. And I hate flying. It is like as much as I want to go to see Switzerland and all these places, the flying is just so brutal, I feel like. 
And, you know, we see all these big planes. Brenda were like, she wanted it to be a wider plane. Like, so the seats are wider for everyone. But, like, I'm more into, like, let's not pretend like our seats lean back. Like, they lean back maybe an inch. <laughs> Possibly two. I would think, like, two inches at the most. Mm-hmm. This is not helpful. It is not helpful. It is horrible. And, like, I cannot sleep anyway. Like, I have the longest legs ever. And my neck is just always hurting. And flying is just, like, excruciating. Why can't we have seats that recline? Let's make the plane two feet longer. Because if they made the plane two feet longer, they would put two more rows so they could make more money. Let's not do that. And let people actually fly and be somewhat comfortable. Because I think that would actually cut down on all the freaking bickering and thotting and crankiness. and Like, yeah, you're cranky when you're stuffed in somewhere. You can't lean your seat back. You're sitting straight up. Your body hurts. You can't move. You're afraid to get up. Like, it's just a horrible experience altogether. I know it is. And I know they're going to say, well, that's first class, people. Like, Honestly, first class means zero. It, yeah, I would I would never pay for first class. Like it's, if I get upgraded, cool, but it is not worth the money because you don't get the first of all, the food is so bad and the seats aren't that much bigger. Like there's really like what they take your coat, great. <laughs> but like I don't even first. care about the width of my seat at all. I just think like listen, the airlines are stingy, right? They want to make the most money they can make. So they're not gonna make planes bigger because that's more gas. But I'm talking, I'm talking like one foot of a wider plane can't be that much more gas. And you give and you give everybody like a few extra inches. I think that goes a long way. I think okay. that's the play. Well, I think they need to do both. Yeah. But in, you know what my preference is? Is I always try to get in like, I love Delta. Delta is the only thing I really ever want to fly is the Delta Comfort. If you can get in the first row of Delta Comfort where there's nothing in front of you, it is nice. Years ago, I remember when your dad was touring and doing all the things. American was the airline to fly. No, but like now it's it was, not. and now, mm-mm. like honestly, Delta's really the only thing I want to fly or Southwest. Yeah. And the thing, you know, the reason I love Southwest is because they have the nonstop Burbank, Nashville. Anyway, we'll get off this airline subject. But the thing about it is, let us know how you guys are feeling about your latest flights because mine have been nuts. Let's be real. No one likes airline travel. Like it's it's miserable for everyone. I think it's that's true. like the consensus for everybody is it's just not it. It's awful. Yeah. It's However, true. I will say getting to places like Switzerland and everything. Yes, the flight is awful, but I've never taken a flight as miserable as some of them are. And I've never regretted going somewhere once I get there. Like it's that always so worth it once you're there. Always, that is always, so always. True. So Brandy's been flying all over the place. That's why we're talking about this. And I'm getting ready to head out for Lollapalooza, Mm -hmm. which is going to be so much fun. And I'm looking forward to actually going and seeing, you know, live shows again. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be good, 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 good. So we can talk more um, about some of that in a little bit. But we cannot leave Uh, without discussing this week's Bachelorette. Andrew, can you believe it? Absolutely not. I knew it was going to come down between Andrew and what was his name? I knew she was keeping Blake. I knew she was keeping Greg. Uh Uh-huh. I figured she was keeping Michael A, even though there's part of me that thinks she's never doing that because she's not moving to his, where he lives. She's not ready for the kid. No. So I think, you know, ultimately that won't, Michael A won't be the guy she chooses, but I knew she was probably keeping him for a second. Although I think 
if she already knows that that's not what she wants, that she wouldn't want to move there, that she is not ready to be a mom. I think she should let him go and go back home to his, his son. I know. I think she should have done that before hometowns. I think so too. I think so too, but she didn't. And I'm hoping that's just not for good TV because I feel like it's really between Blake and Greg, Greg. She is, and I, and I just do not think she's picking Blake. You don't? I don't think so. I mean, I hope not. I hope she picks Greg, and I think he's amazing, and amazing. I can really see them having a real relationship. But I, my heart for Andrew, and when he wrote her that note. I know. I, it made me love him even more. I know. I think he needs God, to be the bachelor. He, Andrew, Andrew. I think he absolutely (laughs) should be the bachelor. He has to. I need to go on there and just give like advice. I need these people to like, like, they need to play the Tish game. So Andrew, I thought when she ran to get him, she was going to say, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Me too. Which she should have done. Cause I I just, I I thought it was weird that she was like, if you could stay a little longer, would you want to, what do you mean a little longer? Like come back in to have a drink and then have to leave. Like now I have one last kiss. I mean, like, come on. Said, yes, I'd like, I would have oh. just said, no, please, please, please come back and then send him back to the. Ro- oh, they already did the rose ceremony, though. So I guess she couldn't do five hometowns. But yeah, anyway, I just had to touch on that. That no. I was shocked that she sent Andrew home. I think Andrew was shocked that he I was getting so sent too. home. I think he for sure thought he was getting a hometown. I definitely think if Michael A., if she's not for sure right now, he's her guy. Hey, maybe he is. But if not, she should have let him go back to his son. Kept Andrew and because I really wanted to see Andrew's family. I'm big Andrew. I, Andrew was my guy. Me too. So. And I, I like Greg for Katie. Greg's not oh. really like my type, but I think he's great. I think he's adorable. And I, I like and him I for her. Really, I think he's really funny. Yeah, I do too. Like, like on the outtakes, he's really funny. I could really see them making it work. I know. And then I, my thing with Blake is like, I do think she really likes him, Mm -hmm. but I think he's got one foot in and one foot out. And I, I think she sees that. I think like, I, I, you know, there is a version where like, she's so blinded by her love or whatever that she doesn't see that. But I think she does. And him just blatantly saying like, I'm not in love yet. Uh, should be a red flag. Absolutely. And yeah. Greg is all in. Yeah, he's all in. So, I want to suggest Dr. Death. I was so excited about it. And it is in my it is on my home of Peacock. It just came out okay. and I love all the actors. And the premise is so great. It is freaking me out so bad. I never want to have surgery for the rest of my life. So anyway, if y'all need something to watch, watch Dr. Death and we'll discuss it next week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this week because we actually have a guest on that's not a member of our family. <laughs> How great is Thank that? Goodness. No, I, I love having our family members on, but I'm excited about this week's guest as well. Yeah. So, you know, I know we've, we've talked a lot about like, do you guys like having guests or do you like it when it's just me and MT? Obviously we, we know you guys love when the family comes on, but and I do think every now and then that it's really great to have guests, especially I'm excited about these two guests because they're both licensed therapists and they have their very own podcast called the Shrink Chicks Podcast. And I mean, if you guys take one look, mom, have you looked at their Instagram account? So they're, they have they have an Instagram account for their podcast, which is great. And then they also have 
um, a, a, an Instagram account for their therapy group. It's, the handle is literally at the therapy group, but group is GRP. And I'm just scrolling through and they post all of these little like virtual sticky notes of just these little tidbits oh, yeah. of, of amazingness. Like, and a lot of the things I'm reading have a lot to do with like having boundaries and speaking up for yourself. And I just think these are very important things for people to like hear, see, and know. I actually love this. Miley is the queen of sticky notes. And I know this because I love sticky notes. You know, uh, she literally needs to show me her sticky notes. And I'm always like, you're so structured. Do you need to be that structured? And she literally has a sticky note for everything from like everything. When she first gets up, like, you know, practice gratitude and make a smoothie and do like she literally has post-its everywhere. And she says there are good and bad triggers and post-its for her are her good triggers. And it's just all these things where it triggers her to work out. It triggers her to, you know, eat healthy. And like bad triggers would be if like you were a smoker and you saw a pack, you're trying to quit, but there's a pack of cigarettes laying there. Mm -hmm. So it's all about either good or bad triggers and post-its are her way of making sure that she sees things that can make her better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. I love post-its too. I don't go as crazy as Miley does with them, but, but I do just love having, I'm such a visual person that I love having the visual reminder of like positivity when, when I can, like I used to put uh, post-its right next to my coffee maker and just put something like really like motivating or encouraging that I just read every morning when I was making coffee. And some of these like remind me of stuff I would put by the coffee pot in the morning to just read every day. All right. So we've got the shrink chicks. That's Jennifer and Emily. And they're both licensed therapists, which is super cool. And they're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. They actually co-own a therapy practice together and have their very own podcast and Instagram. And I'm telling you guys, you got to go check this out. So I'm so excited to talk to them. Oh, they're here. I'm talking about you guys right now. (laughs) I am scrolling through the Instagram and just reading some of this stop saying yes to shit you hate and I am like yes stop that like oh my gosh I'm so happy to have you guys on the podcast look how professional they are mom with their sign in the back why did we not have this we professional have got today? to get it together ours sucks <laughs> we've never used Skype before hello everyone I've oh been on gosh. Skype in ages so our- that's what everybody says so here's the thing we used to do Zoom yeah. And do you all Zoom? We we Zoom. We're we Zooming do. it. We're Zooming it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we started Zooming it. And then we always had technical difficulties and the sound was just not okay for some reason. So we switched to Skype, which is so weird, but it's, it. it's worked better for us for some reason. Maybe we need well, to try maybe, it out. Maybe, maybe you're going to be uh, persuading us. Through. So we're here now. So if we have issues, we'll figure it out. But we're so happy Let to us be know. here. Thanks for having us. Okay. You guys are the cutest. Okay, I was just saying, because I was looking at your Instagram, and this one, one of the first ones looks like a sticky note. And I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you heard me saying that Miley, yeah, she is a big sticky note person, and she sticks them everywhere. Um, I was like, can we get some chic sticky notes, like maybe an (laughs) off-white that's not so obtrusive in the entire house? But she said, no, like bright is good because it makes me look at them. So mm-hmm. I was just saying that that is actually such a good idea to kind of put notes everywhere to kind of as reminders of, to like treat yourself well and do, you know, 
anyway, I'm going to let you guys take it from here because. Well, well, you're the queen of design, right? So like sticky notes aren't like really aesthetically pleasing, right. I would say. And they're also bright. They're, well, they're very neon, right? Very bright. But I like what you talked about as like a good trigger, right? It's coming from a place of like, this will feel me, help me feel better long-term, not coming out of a place of like shame or comparison. And so I think it can be incredibly helpful for that. I also think sometimes it can feel, it's so great that it works for her, but this is when it's so important to like know who you are as an individual, as opposed to like trying to do what A, B, and C does. Because I think a lot of times, we are, we can get in what we call like analysis paralysis, where like all this self-help stuff is like super trendy and it's all about growing and being your best self. And it's like, all right, well, like, when am I done with that? Can I just be a human and like be a bit imperfect? So there's like, so it's, what's the balance of all of it to grow and heal and motivate versus like, just be a fucking human right. and like live your life. And, and you got to make sure your trigger works for you, right? Like if, neon post-it notes don't work you can change it to like a nice soft white that matches <laughs> yeah because the neon was- triggers her uh, into, into like ocd over right right exactly and that doesn't work yeah, exactly all right guys we want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite sponsors neutrophil I take my Nutrafol. Do you take your Nutrafol? I take my Nutrafol all the time. I do too. I'll have the one for 50 and over. I was going to say, there's a <laughs> few different formulas. Uh, there is one for women that are postmenopausal, yes, which is. would be my mother. <laughs> um, and if you're confused about like which formula of Nutrafol is right for you, you can go on their website and they do have a quick hair quiz that you can take. You just answer a few questions and then they will tell you which formula is right for you. If you aren't familiar, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I've taken it for years. I can tell a huge difference. I can too. I have such like baby fine hair and not very much of it, but I, my hair does not shed. Like it really doesn't. And some of my my girlfriends, like when they come on trips with me and stuff, their hair will be everywhere, like all over the sink and in the shower. I just do not lose hair like that. And I feel like you used to and don't anymore. I did. <laughs> Honestly, maybe, but I definitely do not anymore. Like, I barely even lose hair in my brush when I brush well, it out. This is amazing. I'm so tell the stoners how we get it. Also, Nutrafol has a subscription that you can do so that it shows up on your doorstep. I do a subscription. Okay, so clutch. That way you never run out. All right, you guys, if you want to take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners. off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code STONED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code STONED. That's Nutrafol.com promo code STONED. So this is one of my favorites. It's the Integra Boost, um, which helps keep your weed fresher. It sure does. Integra specially brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging. And my favorite part is, is that with the terpenes, that you can kind of mix and match and make them different flavors and just kind of specialize your weed. Totally. Plus, they are precision-crafted, plant-based packs that are entirely food-safe, so they can be used with any of your cannabis products. Integra offers an array of sizes and relative humidity levels for storing flour, pre-rolls, gummies, blunt wraps, and so much more. 
For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code SWS at checkout for 15% off of your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. All right, you guys, we want to tell you about another one of our sponsors. It's Lumi Deodorant. I think we've talked about them before. I keep one of these sticks in my carry-on bag when I'm traveling. I don't like deodorant. It's just one of those things that I never think to pack. So I just make sure I always have it on me. If you guys aren't familiar, Lumi is a whole body deodorant that was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. This deodorant is baking soda free and paraben free, plus it's pH balanced for safe use. I know for me, like I've heard so much bad stuff about deodorant and like what's in it isn't great for you that a lot of the traditional ones that you can buy at your local drugstore just aren't cutting it for me. So I really love Lumi. Plus, they come in a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine lavender sage which is my favorite and they also have toasted coconut and the great thing is is you can use lumi all over your entire body so when you travel it's so much easier just to have one product plus they also have deodorant wipes which are super clutch especially if you're on like the red eye or an overnight flight and they also have body wash which is really cute and it comes in a mini travel size as well Lumi offers a starter pack that's perfect for new customers and as a special offer for our listeners all new customers get 15% off Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code STONED for 15% off your first purchase of LumiDeodorant.com. That's code STONED at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Honestly... I feel like this might need to be a segment all the time because I could talk about different things that I have in my brain right now for like hours on the end. One being is I'm so glad to hear you say that. Here's the thing. I love it how you're saying that some things work for some people and some things don't. And Molly tends to need like to be very structured and have those notes Mm -hmm. and check those off the box, whether that's working out, eating healthy, all of that stuff. And that actually lessens her anxiety because she's still like she's getting it done. For me, I, while I was in Nashville last week, I told everyone I had had a breast reduction Mm -hmm. and I was out of my mind for two weeks. It, there was, it wasn't painful. There was anything, but it really, I was in a dark place for a couple of weeks. It just Mm -hmm. gave me such anxiety and I have Mm -hmm. no idea why. And then everybody was like, well, you need to be eating protein and you need to be, you need to be doing all these things. And I'm just like, oh, which was stressing me out even more. And yeah. so I've been very open to about, I've, I've never worked out and I eat like crap. I'm trying <laughs> to change those things. But if I put too much structure on myself, yeah. I'm not going to do it because all I do all day is feel anxious about, am I going to get to work? You know, I, it just makes me more anxious. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out ways to do those things without so much pressure. And I, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we started our podcast and we started our practice is 
think so often with like Instagram therapists, um, <laughs> there's like, okay, there's this one very, you know, like you should do this, or there's this one very specific way to do things. And it kind of negates the fact that we're all individuals and we all do things in different ways. And there's certain things that work for some people, certain things that don't work for other people. And so I love that because it's like all about figuring out what works best for you. And I totally relate to that. Like if I put pressure on myself to do something, I get, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm actually not going to do that. It's almost <laughs> like I'm rebelling against myself. Me too. And, you know, for someone that is old, um, we're not going to talk about that. But <laughs> I've, I've just never worked out and I've never really eaten very healthy. And, of course, I feel like, you know, everybody's like, you're so lucky. You're sorry. And I am. But when you get older, it becomes more about your health. And for me not mm-hmm. to be all hunched over at 80, but being able to continue my life in in an amazing way instead of feeling 80. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's doable because I've been like reading about it a lot. The other thing is, is I feel like we get on Instagram and all this social media and I'm a big Pinterest girl and everything that's popping up lately is all this fitness videos. And it like, these are brutal workouts and it makes (laughs) me feel like such a, like the ones that are so crazy intense, which are most, it's like, I feel like, oh my God, everybody's doing this. I'm so weak. I can't do this. Like, I feel like a failure. And like, that is so hard too. And I think it's us realizing, you know, not everybody can, not everybody can do fitness in the same way. Not everybody can do healthy eating in the same way. It's Mm -hmm. another way of going, okay, I want to do this, but I have to do it on a way that's going to make me want to do it and continue to do it. I'm trying to figure it all out. And it's so interesting, right? Because what you're talking about is that for so long, we have made healthy eating and moving our bodies about weight loss. And so when you don't have to think about that part, you're like, I guess I don't have to do this. But it's like, no, 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 we all should be moving our bodies. We should all be like properly and gently nourishing our bodies. But then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, this other person might be healthier than me. And it's a whole larger issue of why health and weight are not equal at all. Not at all. Right. And you're seeing this now and then it can bring up shame, right? And so this shame you're experiencing, which is I'd rather do nothing than try to fail at this. And it's a bit of a setup for failure when you're looking at it. And I love Pinterest and Pinterest is one of the social medias that just came out that is no longer doing ads for weight loss. So Pinterest just had this massive win, which is so cool of other people like continue doing this. But it's still these intense workouts. So when you're it's on the other end of the spectrum, it still doesn't feel great and it can still feel shameful, which can bring to isolation, dropping out, procrastination. All of those things lead to just avoidance. Absolutely. And I will say, like, a lot of, first of all, I can't even get on TikTok because all those people doing all those planks <laughs> and dancing while they're doing the planks yeah, and, I don't the, know what's and like, there like couple stunts and like I'm like oh my like honestly this just makes me feel like crap I'm not getting on there ever again but what I have figured out is for me I also was talking to this person that we use as a masseuse and also a chiropractor I was talking to in Nashville and they're like listen some people's bodies really like that intense workout some people's don't and it's not necessarily that you have to be that intense to get your body in shape so for me I've just been making it a priority to like walk like 10,000 steps every day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe do the lightest like three pound weights. And for me, I feel like 
that's probably going to be the extent of it. Like, I don't know that I'm ever going to be really getting in there and, you know, doing these hardcore intense workouts, but I think it's good for everybody to just like take a walk, you know, whatever. And that's kind of how I've been doing it. So I don't put as much pressure on myself and kind of hoping that maybe one day that I, when I feel ready to take the next step and, you know, maybe add a, a, a little more here and there, but I do think it's, you know, really nice to just like hear you guys also speak that same truth is like everybody. I love a realistic goal. I am never going to climb Mount Everest ever. (laughs) If I set that self up for that, I am damn. I'm with you. I'm with you. Have you ever seen those, those like Mount Everest movies? Oh yes. I love that stuff. And Brandy. Brandy Cyrus will climb out. Like okay, Chris maybe Paul. not okay. Everest, but I would like to do like Kilimanjaro or something. Okay, I right, love right. to hike. But I like that you even just said that, right? That like, hey, yeah, like, this not Everest is too. It's very cold. You know, it's, it's not a cold. Right? A lot of people die. I'm not like, trying so to many die. die. <laughs> you like find yeah. frozen bodies. The top yeah. of Everest. Yeah, I don't like the ratio that's going for it. But I yeah. love the idea of a realistic goal, which is exactly what you guys are talking about. So whether that's climbing one mountain and not another, whether that's mm-hmm. doing this one workout and not another, what is actually realistic yeah. is probably what's also achievable. Totally. Exactly. So I, I ride horses and I compete mm-hmm. and I've done it my whole life. And I always have people that ask like, well, what are your goals with riding? And I think the obvious answers are, you know, when I was a kid, it was, well, I want to go to the Olympics, which was, you know, the pipe dream. And then, you know, as you get older, it's like a lot of people my age are like, well, I want to ride in the Grand Prix, which is like yeah. the biggest class you can do. And you know what? Like, maybe I will ride in the Grand Prix someday, but my goal is just like, I have a really young horse and, and my goal is really just to be competing in the amateur division, the amateur owner division, which isn't the biggest thing you can ride in, but it's bigger than what I'm doing now. It's something I've never done. And to me, that's like a realistic goal that my horse and I can get to. And I would rather work towards that and like really feel confident that I can reach it than to have this like pipe dream of like, Oh, I want to do the Olympics. And like, but like deep down, feel like that's never going to happen for me. Right. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? And I think, I think that piece of like, you know, and, and we grow up with people saying, oh, shoot for the stars. You can do anything <laughs> you want, which is like a really good message. However, <laughs> I think that we, we sometimes set, and, and, you know, if we're on social media, we sometimes set like such lofty goals for ourselves that it ends up discouraging us in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Right. Well, where, as opposed to, I think the most helpful thing that I found is like setting small goals for myself every day that like lead me to a bigger goal. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you look at the step in front of you instead of the entire staircase, because when you look at the entire staircase, it's so easy to get overwhelmed mm-hmm. and just be like, well, um, great analogy. Well, and talking about Molly a lot this episode, I think because she's so darn annoying because she sets goals and she just makes them and you know but her she does to, she does she's always been that way and I think that's why Molly's who she is is she's just always been that way mm-hmm. and like even when she was cheerleading I mean like it was so hard for her to tumble compared to the other girls but she was the first one there and the last one to leave and she just always has been that person but even for her she was said that she just read this book and how he talked about is instead exactly what you're saying instead of shooting for the olympics that you try to be one percent better every day mm-hmm. just one percent one percent i'm gonna walk one step farther tomorrow or two steps for, further you know what i mean it's just like setting goals in a way 
that's not overwhelming, but are attainable because then you feel so good about it. You want to do one more percent the next day. And And I think that's so good. And what it goes into is a really interesting way, as you know, now that you're a grandma, right? Like that, like we talk about as like mastery in child development, right? Which is that like, we're not expecting a child to be born and to be running the next day. We expect it to be slow and steady. And you can see what they talk about as mastery is what gives people self-esteem. It's not actually success that Mm -hmm. gives people self-esteem. It's mastery. Mm -hmm. Feeling like I can achieve something, feeling good about my, my ability and my capability. And we see it in children. And it matters the same way in adults. We just don't expect them. We're so obsessed with instant gratification, but we don't expect that for our kids. So then we're like, oh, well, how do kids get self-esteem? Well, because they learn slowly to do things and then they feel really good about it. It makes sense. Yeah. It, right. really yeah. it makes it sound simple when I, I know. That. Yeah. I'm like, you know <laughs> what? You're right. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I just think social media in general is just, you know, I think there's so there's probably more negatives than positive just in mental health, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just hard. I can't even imagine growing up in that world. I, the comparisons are just, even at my age, you know, I look at people and I'm like, Oh, dang, like she has no cellulite. She is, her body is rocking. And it's just like, you know, it's so hard. And here, you know, and, but then again, a lot of those people, I'm like, well, also she works out and eats healthy and you don't. So she she might be editing. And she paid $1.99 for the Facetune app. That is so true. (laughs) That is She just paid a $1.99 real quick on that one. Oh my gosh. Noah showed me something yesterday on one of those. And I'm like, what? That can do that? And she was like, (laughs) mom. And I'm like, what? Like, I get like. I need to, I need to be investing. <laughs> I I just found out you can edit videos too. Like you can, edit. oh, not even just photos, which blows Makes sense. my mind. I need yeah. to learn how to do that. <laughs> I just, I don't even know how to post a video. So I'm way behind. This is true. This is true. <laughs> All right, Stoners, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here she freaking goes. Mother, we need to tell the Stoners about mood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is right. If you guys don't know, Mood is known for their federally legal THC. And now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup, which that's perfect for Tish. She loves the potency. Honestly, I love Mood. Yeah, Well, great. They're They're, like, uh, they are so good. They really do have something for every single Mood. And it actually works the way it says that it does. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. What's your favorite product, would you Um, say? You know what? I love their pens. Mm, They are really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mood offers uh, things like flour, gummies, vapes, and more. And they have this THCA product that converts into THC when you heat it and you get access to the classic marijuana high. Mood's latest and most potent breakthrough in the world of legal cannabis. All of their products are regularly tested in third-party labs and sourced from small family farms and pesticide-free, which is so important. They have different strains for specific moods, hence the name of the brand. So whether you want like a euphoric, energized feeling or you're feeling more creative and want to chill, they have something for everybody and plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for. Try Moods new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code SWS. That's 
hellomood.com code SWS for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Cute. I think it's important what you talk about with social media, though, right? That it's like more harm than good. And part of that is because it just happens so quickly and so fast. We didn't figure out a healthy way to do that. Like we just said, like, oh, you can do all this other stuff we didn't even know about. You can edit these videos. You can download this app for super cheap and go for it. Like it honestly just grew and moved so fast that we haven't figured out how to have really healthy relationships with it, right? We can have healthy relationships with anything, with alcohol, with weed, with social media, with and, and unhealthy things, right? Even with working out, even with eating healthy, even with horseback riding, it's about how we use it. But with technology, I don't think we learned good, healthy skills about how to have well, a relationship with it. It's like technology developed quicker than yeah. our brains developed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, want, I really wonder what the next generation, it'll be different. What's going to happen there? Just like how they'll be in yes. general. I can't even imagine where technology is going compared to, you know, like when I was in high school, there were no cell phones at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like zero. And <laughs> the weird thing is, I think about that. It's, I'm wondering if, because my best friends like are still my very best friends from high school. Like my best friend is my best friend that I've been best friends with since I was 14. And I'm like, do you develop relationships like that now as, Mm -hmm. as, as close? Because I don't know. I just feel like it was a completely different time and way that we communicated and honed relationships. And I don't know. It's just, it was so much more simple. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, you know, it's just, I I can't even imagine in 25 years where we're going to be with technology and the way we communicate and the way we are transported. I mean, like everything's going to change, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I remember when we were younger, people used to just show up at your house. Because oh, we have, yeah, totally. We have cell, phones. cell phones, right? Like I miss those days. When Me too. Actually do, do I? Do you? I know. I'm like, so <laughs> introverted. I don't think that's, I think I, that was a lie. I think I, I like it better. You know why I like it better is I'm such a procrastinator. Like I hate making a plan. Like if, as soon as I was telling Brandy, as soon as I make a plan, I, I'm like, oh, like that, that like it's, it feels like I have to do it. Like I would rather, instead of me trying to make a plan, if somebody just show up and then I'd be like, come here, let's go. What? Like I would love that so much more. But yet now we feel like it's probably offensive or you just don't do that. Like you need to text mm-hmm. or, you know, it wasn't yeah. like that then. Absolutely. I well, I, I think the plan, the whole making a plan thing, I like to wait and be like, and I probably drive some people absolutely nuts because I don't know how I'm going to feel at the time. Totally. Yeah, I get Me that. too. You know, like I might be feeling really social right now, but maybe in a few days, I'll just want to like hang by myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly totally fair. Me. And yeah, you, yeah, Emily's very extroverted. So she always feels the same way about seeing people. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> always down. Yeah. Ready to roll. I but- used to, but I'm not as much like that anymore, but I do miss that. I just remember, you know, calling my friend's house over and over and over till the point like her parents hated my guts, you know, or her brother. They're like, like we're unplugging the phone they're now. They're like, no, she's still not home. But it was like, I don't know. There was just something so much more simple. We're getting a little on a tangent here with <laughs> this technology talk. I want to ask these girls. Okay. So you guys, you guys, you guys have like a practice together and you each see clients like in an office, like you guys are doing the therapy thing. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, okay. I think this is so cool. 
I have always been fascinated by like, I love psychology. I always thought like in another life, I could have totally been a psychology major, but never, it's never too late. Never it's too never late. too late as my backup plan. Um, now you have a, now you have a guaranteed job with us. Don't oh, worry. perfect. I'm moving in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm moving in. But what's so interesting to me is I feel like there's such like a stigma around therapy to where it's like something you should be embarrassed about or people, you know, just really like drag their feet to want to go and feel like there's something wrong with them if they need therapy. And I feel like in general that like we're getting better about that as a human race to where we're making it more like not only acceptable, but like it's healthy for you to go to therapy. It's like, you know, something really everybody should probably be doing, but I would love to like get your guys's thoughts on that and how, how, how someone can kind of change their mindset about therapy. Like if somebody out there is like on, like think, you know, has been on the fence about, about getting therapy or talking to somebody like my mother, like, what would you say to that person to help them change their mindset to not feel like it's something they should be ashamed of or something that they should be better than having to go do, you know what I mean? And I have one more thing you can answer during that because that's me. And <laughs> I keep thinking, and I'm, I, I'm, I've got the intake form. I'm filling it out. I'm supposed to be filling it out before I go. I just like at my age and like with my life, which you can imagine, it's so much. It's mm-hmm. so much. And I lost my mom a year ago, which was the worst possible thing. And now I'm just so overwhelmed to go to the first session because I'm like, where do you start? Yeah. It's a really good question. And I think it's so natural in general to feel very overwhelmed by, first of all, going to a complete stranger and talking to them about any of like the really deep stuff that's happened over so many years. And, you know, I think that therapy has really been framed in the past as something as like, you only go if you have, if there's something wrong with you, Mm -hmm. punishment. Right. It's a punishment, right? Like if you, if you do this, I'm going to take you to therapy, right? Like I think my mom used to say that to me. I think a lot of parents said it, right? And then I think you said it in a lot of romantic relationships. Yeah. If we don't stop fighting, we're going to go to therapy, right? Mm -hmm, Totally. Consequence as opposed to a support system. Right. And so I think just part of being human in general is that we're going to struggle. And like, there's no human that does not struggle with something. And so we always talk about how essential it is to click with your therapist, that the most important predictor of therapeutic success is your relationship with your therapist. And I think that the unfortunate thing is that some people will go to one therapist and they don't click with them or they will have one experience where like, uh, that really didn't work for me or, um, and they believe that that's all therapy, right? Like I tried therapy once and it, it doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. but it's essential that you find a therapist that's the right fit for you. And it's normal, right? Like it took me a few times to find the right hair colorist. It took me a few times to find maybe the right trainer to work with or the first time to work with the same Pilates, right? Like, friends, you right? Like right? hang out with yeah. friends and you're like, yes, it doesn't a, really work for me. It's completely normal that it takes a few times, but there's something about therapy that it feels so vulnerable. Like how could I go do this again? Or uh-huh. maybe it felt so violating. Like I felt really judged by that person or they didn't say anything or I felt worse when I came out. And so I don't want to go through that again. Okay. So we, Yeah. So for me, like different people have different mindsets or whatever, Mm -hmm. but even for me, like one of the first times I went to therapy, really the only time I only went twice 
And the second time is, it, you know, it has been very open. Billy Ray and I, like, listen, we've been together since 1991. So we'll have been married 30 years this year. And there were times people struggle. And the first time I went to therapy, you know, I went because I'm thinking I'm supposed to get all this off my chest. Like we're, we're really going through it or whatever. Right. I wanted a safe place to talk about what we were going through and how to heal and heal us and all, you know, that. And I never went back to therapy after that. And so I think for <laughs> me that you're exactly right. And, and also like, I ha- hate hurting people's feelings. So I'm already like, Oh, what if I go to this new person and she's not the right fit? And then I have to say, you're not the right fit. And then, you're like, I hate that kind of thing too. Yeah. So there's so many things that I think that keep us from going to therapy, but I so wish it had been a part of my life forever mm-hmm. because the people that I know that have therapists that they love and that they love it. And they say they do not think that they could go through life without it. You get to say things without feeling judged. Cause I yeah. feel more judged by the people probably that are in my life than going to someone that I don't know that well, that I only go to therapy and that she can be completely, you know, honest and open without worrying about upsetting me. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's so many great, I can only think of really great reasons to go to therapy. But you brought up something important, which is that a lot of people have experienced harm, right? When you have had that negative experience, that stays with you in a way that I don't think a lot of people talk about. And so Jen and I talk often about the reason we became therapists is because we both had such negative experiences in therapy and we're very spiteful. So we go the other way. We're like, we can do this better. And so we based our entire careers after after spite, which is okay. Sometimes you need that in life, right? And good motivation. motivation. And so once you have had this experience where you felt so maybe isolated or dismissed or judged, the idea of putting yourself back in that, it's like, why would I ever do that again? And it's, it's such a wound too, because you're going to therapy at such a vulnerable time for the most part, right? Like, you're like, oh, I, you know, I've gotten to this point where you know, maybe I didn't grow up believing that I should go to therapy or people told me I have to, things have to be really, really bad. And so you're already in such a vulnerable place to take yourself to therapy and then to meet with a therapist that you don't click with or does something that feels really harmful for you. Like it can just be such a wound. And so we try to be really open about the fact that like you are going to come in contact with therapists that might not be a good fit for you. And or for anyone or for anyone. (laughs) True. Yeah, very true. Doctor, there's bad dentists, right? There's bad therapists. And it's important to remember, they have a ton of power. But I have to tell you, when you say this thing about like, my fear is that I'll go in and I won't click in the first session. If I have anyone that reaches out to me, it's like, hey, wasn't a great fit, but thank you so much for the time. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You go, girl. Thank you for like holding on to yourself, clarifying your boundaries, speaking your truth. These are all huge things that actually part of the therapeutic process, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. it's, but that's also because you've done, you know, like we've done the work that we know that it's the fit matters, the fit matters. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if someone says that to us, we're like, no problem. Like uh, we have some other people we could refer you to. We don't take it personally. But if your therapist is taking that personally, that's a red flag. That's true. And these are all things I need to work on because I'm the worst communicator possible. So that's another thing that will be great for me. But that therapeutic relationship is modeling 
that conversation, right? Once you can have those hard conversations with your therapist, it actually, once again, it's that mastery I talked about, right? It goes back to that. How do you create self-esteem? How do you create empowerment and communication? And part of it is from having conversations that go well. So it's what we talk about is creating a positive feedback loop. If I said something hard and I had a disc- and I had an uncomfortable conversation, but it turned out well, it reminds myself, hey, I could do that again and again and again and again. And what therapy is supposed to be about is helping you recreate that positive feedback loop to have hard conversations and that it's okay to have them. Mm-hmm. My mom's just spinning. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> muted because... I'm sure Molly's checking off one of her stickies. She keeps coming in the house and then the dogs go crazy. So uh, too good, man. This is all so good. Okay. This makes me want to go to therapy. It's funny as that is. That's our goal. It's our yeah, goal. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are doing a good, you guys are doing a good job. So I'm curious, like, I'm sure the both of you probably have a very like individual approach to how you do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like, do you guys have topics or things that you're really passionate about that's kind of like I don't know like your thing and you know that people really like come to you for or anything like that just stuff that Mm -hmm. you're really passionate about I do I work a ton with anxiety we are also both licensed marriage and family therapists so we're systemically trained we work we work a ton with couples we are also trained in sex therapy I would say I do a ton of anxiety work self-esteem work a lot I work a lot with men's issues and just everything that pertains to relationships we do a lot of couples work so a lot of communication any you know sexual desire and you know specializes in some other things so I mainly do po- uh, sex and postpartum for mothers got it that's amazing yeah, really so cool. having yeah. good, pleasurable sex, specifically after becoming a parent, is what my specialty is. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Some fun stuff. Yeah. We're never bored. Never. I never really think that was never a problem for me. Oh, excuse me. Well, you did have five oh, of us, so, so I guess. Well, been yeah. there, done that. Like hilarious, but I I loved all these conversations. I think we need to have you guys on because I feel like too, there are people that feel like they don't have the time for therapy. They don't Mm -hmm. have the finances. They don't have, and I, and I do really feel like it is something every single person can benefit from. And and I really do want to get myself to a place where I truly am ready to jump in and start. I am, but I have the same problem. Like, first of all, who's too busy to go to therapy for an hour. I mean, like we can fit it in that we definitely don't make it a priority, which is also very, I feel like women do that. We put everything else and everybody else first. And I think that's a huge problem. I think that we definitely need to take care of our mental health in such a huge way. Yeah. It's so much easier to avoid it, you know, like it's (laughs) so much, it makes it like, you already did that for decades. Right. It makes it so much easier. And so, but I think, there's such a benefit. And then I don't think, I think when we're so used to doing the same thing, when we're so used to avoiding it, it's scary, you know, it's scary to be like, wait, I get to sit in a room and talk about myself for an hour. Like it's, it's a little, it can be overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but just as we talked about setting those goals and as therapists, we know like, this is something that it takes time. You're not going to unleash it all in one session. Therapy can take years, and I say can take years in a way that sounds overwhelming, but it's okay for it to be slow and for yeah. for you to open up slowly and connect with your therapist slowly. It's okay for you not to trust them in the first couple sessions. You know, it, it's okay. And as therapists, we know that. We know that our clients are going to take time to open up 
and feel comfortable with us. And that they're, they're not going to tell us everything in the first week, month, year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, totally. And also, you know, now that people are back and doing things in person, do you guys have the option for people to also still do Zooms or do you prefer people no. to come in or when you do either? So I think in general, that's going to say now, so we do, I always like to say this, that like um, therapists that take insurance directly, they are going to get stuck in a really different loophole. Insurance companies can essentially make the decision to not reimburse for virtual anymore, which really stinks. And I really, really hope, and we're trying very hard to advocate that that is not a good thing. It's made it so much more accessible for so many people for things to be virtual. Mm -hmm. I hope that they make that decision to keep reimbursing it. But I think in general, most clinicians are going to choose to keep it as whatever is best for the client, Yeah, right? which is how we try to do everything. We believe therapy is what works. Molly's yeah. ready to kill me. Well, too bad. Thing, the one thing I will say is like my friend Juliana, who's, she's always talked about therapy, just has saved her life in so many ways. But she had a therapist that she just is in love with for years and she moved. And so she didn't want to not be with that therapist. So she continues to do it via Zoom. And that would be terrible if she couldn't do that. And I, and I love that for her. So I do think it's so important that people can actually do it this way. And Absolutely. like insurance needs to pay for that. Like Absolutely. And know. people feel safer from home sometimes. They do. Also, I could do that. Yeah. It, it keeps you from making the, I live in Philadelphia, so it's like hard to get around sometimes, yeah. right? <laughs> like parking is really tough. And so it, it's so much easier to make up an excuse or like have an excuse to just be like, oh, I can't get there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like working out or doing anything that's like difficult, but might be helpful or healthy mm -hmm. for you. And so to be able to just hop on a Zoom call or video call is makes it once again so much more accessible. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the other thing that's so accessible, which is so cool that you guys are doing, is the podcast. Yeah. So obviously that's not a one-on-one -on -one personal thing, but it could be a good first step for somebody that's trying to like, you know, find the courage to go to therapy Absolutely. or, you know, if somebody out there does what I do and they think like, I should be better than needing therapy or whatever, like a podcast is a good first step. So I would love to hear about like what you guys talk about on your podcast, like what someone could expect when they go and listen to that. Because I do think like, that's such a good way. Like, you know, everyone has time for an hour podcast, whether you're in the car or on a walk or, or working from home and listening while you're, it's just like something so easy. And it, it could be, it's a very attainable in a way. It's an attainable way of, of getting like your first dose of therapy. I think for us, it was about how do we make somebody that's no psychobabble? Because there's times where you go into a professional setting and they are saying terms and they're, it feels judgmental and it feels academic. And we're like, we promise to not be like that. So for us, the podcast was how do we make therapeutic terms relatable? We know therapy works. We know people need support. We know in a lot of ways we're in a mental health crisis. But if we do not, as the clinicians, make that relatable, accessible, fun, well, then we're going to lose a ton of people. Right. In mm. some ways, it's giving therapy a different type of marketing. Right. Interesting. Like try, PR. Trying to make therapy fun is yeah. a different way of thinking about therapy. <laughs> That's cool. But it really, we honestly, we say the best therapy we have ever gotten is grad school. When we went to grad school, 
you really do a ton of work on yourself, right? And because the goal is that you don't bring your own personal stuff into your into the room with your client. You have to make sure that your focus is your client and you're really looking out to not bring anything that you've struggled with into the room. Mm-hmm. So in grad school, you do a lot of work on yourself. We say it's the best therapy, but also the most expensive therapy you could possibly get. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but, but we really wanted to bring what we know and bring that to a podcast so that if you are intimidated and you're worried about going to therapy or you were told, though, it has to be, you know, you really have to be struggling or something's wrong with you in mm-hmm. some way, that you could just listen to the podcast on your own time and recognize that you can connect with a therapist, one that you feel like you can relate to, connect with, and also learn a ton about yourself in the process. That's super cool. So your podcast is called The Shrink Chicks. Can you tell us where we can find it and where we can listen to it and all that? So anywhere that you get any of your amazing podcasts, especially your Podcast Nation podcast, Spotify, Apple, absolutely anywhere um, you find them, then you can find us on Instagram at Shrink Chicks. Very cool. And then the therapy group is your guys's practice, right? And what's yes. the Instagram handle for that? So that's the therapy GRP because okay, someone else right. at the therapy group they tried to charge us ten thousand dollars. And we were like, we no. we we're <laughs> like, we will <laughs> get a different one. So uh-huh. and we are we have clinicians that are licensed in New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New York, Colorado, mm-hmm. um, Illinois, tons of places all over the United States. So if you that's are so also cool looking for a really cool clinician who you don't hate, we'd love to help anyone. <laughs> I love that, that so much. Amazing. Well, you guys have been amazing and I would love to have you back on. I feel yes. like this is such an amazing, amazing way to talk and get people used to the idea of therapy Absolutely. and, We're and the benefits. Anytime, anytime. Anything for you us. ladies. Oh, oh yeah. You guys are the best. Well, thank <laughs> awesome. you so much. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Thank we'll you guys. Bye. Okay, great. They're cute. They're so cute. Very. We need to. Should we just wrap up this one or what? Well, is are you is Miley standing there like snapping her fingers oh, or what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that was obviously like that. We could talk to them forever. That was mm-hmm. super fun, and I think the stoners are gonna love that. I think we can save our dear MTs for next week so that we don't uh, go over on time. But okay. Cute. Well, I need to go let your sister in the door. What is she doing? Wanting to come in and cook. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she did make me a bomb breakfast when right. I was there a couple she, days she ago. She great. I know. She made me these like crispy potatoes, like breakfast potatoes. I was like, what are these? She was like, Japanese yams. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> they were good. They did look good. I remember seeing them. Yeah, they were super good. Um, All right, stoners. Well, sounds good. But anyway, love y'all. Love you, stoners. All right. See you guys later. See you later. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Alana Dunn and I'm the host of Seeing Other People. As an early Hinge employee, a modern dater, and now a fiance, I know the dating world maybe a little too intimately. I'm here to make you feel less alone in your dating journey, whatever it may look like. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Whether you're looking for love or just want to laugh and commiserate with others, tune in to seeing other people as we explore the roller coaster that is the ever evolving world of dating. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.